Section 23 of Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 1 by Washington Irving. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 1 by Washington Irving. Book 3, Chapter 4. In this dulcet period of my history, when the beauteous island of Manahatta presented a scene the very counterpart of those glowing pictures drawn of the golden reign of Saturn, there was, as I have before observed, a happy ignorance, an honest simplicity prevalent among its inhabitants, which, were I even able to depict, would be but little understood by the degenerate age for which I am doomed to write even the female sex those arch innovators upon the tranquillity the honesty and grey-beard customs of society seemed for a while to conduct themselves with incredible sobriety and comeliness their hair untortured by the abominations of art was scrupulously pomatumed back from their foreheads with a candle and covered with a little cap of quilted calico which fitted exactly to their heads their petticoats of linsey woolsey were striped with a variety of gorgeous dyes though i must confess these gallant garments were rather short scarce reaching below the knee but then they made up in the number which generally equalled that of the gentlemen's small clothes and what is still more praiseworthy they were all of their own manufacture of which circumstance as may well be supposed they were not a little vain these were the honest days in which every woman stayed at home read the bible and wore pockets ay and that too of a goodly size fashioned with patchwork into many curious devices and ostentatiously worn on the outside these in fact were convenient receptacles where all good housewives carefully stored away such things as they wished to have at hand by which means they often came to be incredibly crammed and I remember there was a story current when I was a boy that the lady of Water Van Twiller once had occasion to empty her right pocket in search of a wooden ladle when the contents filled a couple of corn baskets, and the utensil was discovered lying among some rubbish in one corner. But we must not give too much faith to all these stories, the anecdotes of those remote periods being very subject to exaggeration besides these notable pockets they likewise wore scissors and pincushions suspended from their girdles by red ribbons or among the more opulent and showy classes by brass or even silver chains indubitable tokens of thrifty housewives and industrious spinsters i cannot say much in vindication of the shortness of the petticoats it doubtless was introduced for the purpose of giving the stockings a chance to be seen which were generally of blue worsted with magnificent red clocks or perhaps to display a well-turned ankle and a neat though serviceable foot set off by a high-heeled leathern shoe thus we find that the gentle sex in all ages have shown the same disposition to infringe a little upon the laws of decorum in order to betray a lurking beauty or gratify an innocent love of finery 
from the sketch here given it will be seen that our good grandmothers differed considerably in their ideas of a fine figure from the scantily dressed descendants of the present day a fine lady in those times waddled under more clothes even on a fair summer's day than would have clad the whole bevy of a modern ballroom nor were they the less admired by the gentlemen in consequence thereof on the contrary the greatness of a lover's passion seemed to increase in proportion to the magnitude of its object and a voluminous damsel arrayed in a dozen petticoats was declared by a low dutch sonneteer of the province to be radiant as a sunflower and luxuriant as a full-blown cabbage certain it is that in those days the heart of a lover could not contain more than one lady at a time whereas the heart of a modern gallant has often room enough to accommodate half a dozen the reason of which i conclude to be that either the hearts of the gentlemen have grown larger or the persons of the ladies smaller this however is a question for physiologists to determine but there was a secret charm in these petticoats which no doubt entered into the consideration of the prudent gallants the wardrobe of a lady was in those days her only fortune and she who had a good stock of petticoats and stockings was as absolutely an heiress as is a kamschatka damsel with a store of bearskins or a lapland belle with plenty of reindeer the ladies therefore were very anxious to display these powerful attractions to the greatest advantage and the best rooms in the house instead of being adorned with caricatures of dame nature in water-colours and needlework were always hung round with abundance of homespun garments the manufacture and the property of the females a piece of laudable ostentation that still prevails among the heiresses of our dutch villages the gentlemen in fact who figured in the circles of the gay world in these ancient times corresponded in most particulars with the beauteous damsels whose smiles they were ambitious to deserve true it is their merits would make a very inconsiderable impression upon the heart of a modern fair they neither drove their curricles nor sported their tandems for as yet those gaudy vehicles were not even dreamt of neither did they distinguish themselves by their brilliancy at the table and their consequent rencontres with watchmen for our forefathers were of too pacific a disposition to need those guardians of the night every soul throughout the town being sound asleep before nine o'clock neither did they establish their claims to gentility at the expense of their tailors for as yet those offenders against the pockets of society and the tranquillity of all aspiring young gentlemen were unknown in new amsterdam every good housewife made the clothes of her husband and family and even the good vrouw of van twiller himself thought it no disparagement to cut out her husband's linsey woolsey galligaskins not but what there were some two or three youngsters who manifested the first dawning of what is called fire and spirit who held all labour in contempt skulked about docks and market-places loitered in the sunshine squandered what little money they could procure at hustle cap and chuck farthing swore boxed fought cocks and raced their neighbors horses in short who promised to be the wonder the talk and abomination of the town had not their stylish career been unfortunately cut short by an affair of honor with a whipping post 
far other however was the truly fashionable gentleman of those days his dress which served for both morning and evening street and drawing-room was a linsey woolsey coat made perhaps by the fair hands of the mistress of his affections and gallantly bedecked with abundance of large brass buttons half a score of breeches heightened the proportions of his figure his shoes were decorated by enormous copper buckles a low-crowned broad-brimmed hat overshadowed his burly visage and his hair dangled down his back in a prodigious queue of soleskin thus equipped he would manfully sally forth with pipe in mouth to besiege some fair damsel's obdurate heart not such a pipe good reader as that which asis did sweetly tune in praise of his galatea but one of true delft manufacture and furnished with a charge of fragrant tobacco with this would he resolutely set himself down before the fortress and rarely failed in the process of time to smoke the fair enemy into a surrender upon honourable terms such was the happy reign of wouter van twiller celebrated in many a long-forgotten song as the real golden age the rest being nothing but counterfeit copper-washed coin in that delightful period a sweet and holy calm reigned over the whole province the burgomaster smoked his pipe in peace the substantial solace of his domestic cares after her daily toils were done sat soberly at the door with her arms crossed over her apron of snowy white without being insulted by ribald street-walkers or vagabond boys those unlucky urchins who do so infest our streets displaying under the roses of youth the thorns and briars of iniquity then it was that the lover with ten breeches and the damsel with petticoats of half a score indulged in all the innocent endearments of virtuous love without fear and without reproach for what had that virtue to fear which was defended by a shield of good linsey woolsey equal at least to the seven bull-hides of the invincible ajax ah blissful and never to be forgotten age when everything was better than it has ever been since or ever will be again when buttermilk channel was quite dry at low water when the shad in the hudson were all salmon and when the moon shone with a pure and resplendent whiteness instead of that melancholy yellow light which is the consequence of her sickening at the abominations she every night witnesses in this degenerate city happy would it have been for new amsterdam could it always have existed in this state of blissful ignorance and lowly simplicity but alas the days of childhood are too sweet to last cities like men grow out of them in time and are doomed alike to grow into the bustle the cares and miseries of the world let no man congratulate himself when he beholds the child of his bosom or the city of his birth increasing in magnitude and importance let the history of his own life teach him the dangers of the one and this excellent little history of manahatta convince him of the calamities of the other End of section 23